0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to TNTradio.live. Welcome to The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: Turns out, we didn't realize how good we had it. And I think each and every one of us... Oh, it was Hunter Biden an apology? Here we thought he was sitting on the Barrisman board, making eighty-three thousand dollars per month as part of an elaborate bribery scheme involving the entire Biden family. That he was kicking up fifty percent to the big guy. Turns out Hunter was doing it out of the goodness of his heart. He was doing it for us. He was doing it for world peace you see hunter today testified before the house of representatives that he was sitting on the Burisma board to control Vladimir Putin Mm -hmm. really hunter that's what you're going with you were doing a noble heavy lift keeping the world safe for democracy by opposing Vladimir Putin from the board of Burisma now, sure. Burisma is a natural gas company. And if a natural gas company were to compete with the Russia, uh, gas prom sure that would give Russia less money, but you were just on the board (laughs) board members don't have that kind of power Hunter. And sure, you have a law degree, but you're no lawyer, and you're certainly no businessman. I was saying at dinner last night, though, you actually are an artist. Your art, overpriced though it may be, is quite good. You're talented. Seriously, no joke. Before, the only thing I could say about you is that, well, in those tidy whities it looked like you're packing heat. Hunter, you're a disgrace of a man. You're a disgrace of an American. And to hide behind Vladimir Putin's skirts, saying you were somehow doing some noble thing on behalf of humanity by opposing Vladimir Putin from a cushy job at which you had precisely zero experience, zero knowledge, zero benefit to the company, Let's just say it strains credibility, credulity. You have no credibility, Hunter. And this is just the latest in what really has become an embarrassing series of missteps and gaffes, not just for you, but for the entire Biden family. It does look as though the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and that you really are a chip off the old stumble bump how you can say these things without a straight face is quite frankly astounding but then again I shouldn't be surprised because you're a Democrat and it seems as though the two requirements to be a Democrat politician are to either be a felon indicted or unindicted and to be able to lie with impunity to look people straight in the eye while you lie to them to have them know that you're lying to them. And, and you know that they know that you're lying to them. And yet, still, you lie to them, bald faced and unapologetic. Democrat down. And so far, it looks like you've got the suffer no consequences part. Oh, sure. Democrats occasionally are held to account for their contretemps. We'll see uh, Mr. Wade and, and Fanny down in Fulton County, Georgia. But look, that's those are low-level peons. They aren't Bidens. The day a Biden is held to account for their many, 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 many crimes it will be a great day, not just for America, but for humanity. I'm Timothy Shea, and this is The Reckoning. Did you know there are many ways you can watch or listen to TNT? Why not stream us directly from our website, on your desktop, tablet, or mobile device, or download our app from the App Store. We even stream live on X, YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, and Facebook. We've got you covered on today's News Talk TNT. Keeping
0: the commitment 24-7. I've been in the car all day, and I got to listen. Can't get enough of that. You guys are doing a great job. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. It's
1: with a tear in our eye, that we report that Mitch McConnell, the longest serving Senate leader in U.S. history, has announced his decision to step down from his position. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT news producer, Adam Clark, AKA Ruckus.
2: Thanks, Timothy. Yes, it's true. It looks like after multiple recalls uh, recently in the past 365 days, the Mitch McConnell model is being permanently discontinued. Uh, He is retiring. as he was indeed the uh, longest-running, longest-serving Senate leader in our country's history. Almost two decades of power maintained by the Republican from Kentucky just turned 82 last week. Um, And, of course, he has suffered multiple public glitches. Uh, Always fascinating to see that. Um, McConnell was set to announce his decision on Wednesday in the well of the Senate, and he did. Um, here's what he had to say, quote, one of life's most underappreciated talents is to know when it's time to move on to life's next chapter and uh, quote. These are prepared remarks, uh, apparently, quote, so I stand before you today to say that this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate End quote. While he'll no longer be leader, McConnell will serve out his Senate term, which ends in January of 2027. That's right. Uh, quote, albeit from a different seat in the chamber, end quote. Um, let's see. this some more from these prepared remarks of his quote. As I have been thinking about when I would deliver some news to the Senate, I always imagined a moment where, When I had total clarity and peace about the sunset of my work, a moment when I am certain I have helped preserve the ideals I so strongly believe it arrived today, end quote. Well, it also arrived after two major health scares and his party shifting towards anti-war populism ushered in by Trump. Um, his tenure was not without its critics, especially from the more restive corners of his party, often aligned with Trump's confrontational style. Yet McConnell's grip on his caucus seldom wavered, a testament to his deep understanding of the political undercurrents that shape legislative priorities. Quoting from the Associated Press, uh The two have been estranged since December 2020 when McConnell refused to abide Trump's lie that the election of Democrat Joe Biden as president was the product of fraud. But while McConnell's critics within the GOP conference had grown louder, their numbers had not grown appreciably larger, a marker of McConnell's strategic and tactical skill and his ability to understand the needs of his fellow Republican senators. McConnell gave no specific reason for the timing of its of his decision, which he has been contemplating for months, but he cited the recent death of his wife's youngest sister as a mom, uh, a moment that prompted introspection. McConnell said, quote, the end of my contributions are closer than I'd prefer, end quote. Uh, that's the end of the uh, quote from the Associated Press. Uh, Zero Hedge says that the impending leadership vacuum raises questions about the direction of the Republican Party. His successor will inherit a party at a crossroads caught between its traditional conservative roots and the populist wave that has reshaped its identity in recent years. And I think, Timothy, I was discussing with you not that long ago about Mike Pence uh, trying to separate those two uh, things in the conservative party. Uh, but what do you think about Mr. McConnell stepping down?
1: Well, first of all, that speech, when I first read it, it reminded me of the old spoof political speech. I come before you to stand behind you. And, you know, we all know that one. And It's like, seriously? And, and could you read the part again about how it just came to him today? The part like a paragraph before that? Did Did he really say what I think he said?
2: Yeah, it just occurred to him now, apparently. Like it took the yeah, death of his sister, that, apparently. But I I reported. know the death of the sister and all that, but before that, what was his rationale? He said he always imagined a moment when he had total clarity and peace about yeah. the sunset of my yeah. work. And then he said that it arrived today. Like he yeah, just woke up he, and he said, Oh, I'm gonna do this today. Go ahead.
1: But but has he been watching reruns of Caddyshack? You know, so I was uh I, I was looping for the llama and uh at the end i said hey laba how about a little something for you know for the effort and he said well i don't tip but uh, on your deathbed you will attain eternal consciousness so i got that going for me seriously i mean that's that's what i thought he said it's like total clarity dude you haven't been clear for decades except clearly working in his and his wife's financial self-interest look I will always, 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 always. And if I met the man, I would say this. I would thank him genuinely for keeping Merrick Garland off the Supreme Court. We've all seen how Merrick has comported himself as attorney general. Can you just imagine if he had a lifetime sinecure on the highest court in the land? What a disaster, not just for America, but for liberty around the world, that would be. So, yes, we are all indebted to Mitch for that. I guess we're indebted to him because he showed us how power is aggregated and wielded in Washington. The reason he was able to stay in power for 20 years plus is because he was one of the most prodigious fundraisers. Why? Because he did the bidding of huge multinational corporations and he was able to raise money for the party. And as party leader, he was able to dole that money out. So if you wanted a plum Senate seat or a committee seat, not only were you build for that, and yes, the Republicans do that too, not just the Democrats. If you want to sit on a plum committee, well, there's a fundraising minimum that comes with that. Oh, you want judiciary? You're going to have to raise $250,000 this cycle. And in the Senate, the prices are much higher. That's the House number that we were given by Representative Massey. Uh, back a few years ago. So, yeah, it's pay to play in D.C. and it's pay to play in the party. And a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people think that if they vote for a representative or vote for a senator, that they're going to go to Washington and represent us. No, they're not. No, they're not. Because if they get on a committee where they can do work that will help us, they have to pay for that. And if you're not a wealthy person with massive contacts in business, you need a little help. And Mitch helped those senators that couldn't help themselves. And as a result, they were beholden to him. That's how he was able to maintain the reins through ups and downs for over two decades. And it's the seamy side of politics. You would hope that the Republican Party would be different, They're not, you know, political parties, a political party, and a political party is going to do what a political party does. So, That's why I've said over the years, I don't hate Democrats. I'm furious with Republicans because they won't fight. And the reason they won't fight is that they're told not to fight because fighting would not be in the interest of their mega donors, even if it is in our interest.
2: Ah. So, you know, I guess I'm correct in assuming that most politics, as far as the two-party system politics we see here, Timothy, in our country is a lot like wrestling. They pretend to be mad at each other on camera and then they go hang out at parties and dinners behind the scenes. Uh, I will point out to, to to that point that senators on both sides of the aisle reportedly gave Mr. McConnell a standing ovation after he concluded his remarks. So there you have it.
1: And, and that's fine. Look, we do honor his service. And that's great. He, 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 on balance, I think Mitch has been much better than a Democrat would have been uh, for Kentucky. But Adam, how come these people always promise to go away in the future? They just don't leave. I'm, I'm over here like Tracy Ullman at the end of her show in a bathrobe going, go, go home, go home. Mitch, retire now. Forget November, just bye-bye.
2: Yeah, and he's going to stay in Senate until January 2027. That's uh, right. Man, I don't know if we're all going to be here in January 2027, the way things are going, Timothy, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know a lot of people, Adam, that are praying for the meteor. Thanks for a great story. You're listening to The Reckoning on today's News Talk, TNT. TNT's Alex zaharoff Roy. Now, we'll no doubt see many more such efforts arriving from all the major
0: AI players, and it won't be long before some kid or... Anyone in their basement or bedroom is creating the next big TV or movie hit, disrupting TV and movie studios forever. Yes, direction and production will be issues, and there will be many amateurish attempts, but people won't just be making hit music at home anymore, but hit entertainment, all simply by asking AI models the right questions and then editing it all together. Talk and Tech with Alex Zaharov White on today's news talk, TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to TNTradio.live. The conversation continues. I don't believe it. And I think that's a terrible position
1: that I am in, that I don't trust my government.
0: This is today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. We've had a lot of doctors from the wellness company on, and they provided us with valuable medical information, particularly with regard to the COVID scam and the mRNA gene jab. We should say mod RNA because it's modified RNA gene jabs. But tonight, we're blessed to have the CEO of the Wellness Company with us, Peter Giluli. I'd like to welcome to the Reckoning for the first time, Peter Giluli. Thanks, Timothy. Happy to be here. Uh, Peter, last week, people were a little worried. There's massive pharmacy shutdowns after a cyber attack. Coincidentally or not, it was the same day that there was a huge cell phone outage. Could we expect more of that in 2024?
3: <laughs> Shaking my head, Tim. I'm afraid so. I I really do. And that's especially after we saw them initially try to brush it off as a solar flare until the rest of the world didn't didn't buy that story. And by the way, kudos to you for even bringing this up. The pharmacies are still shut down in some places in the United States, including here in Florida and in California. There's problems processing scripts to this day, almost a week later. And nobody's talking about this, especially not the mainstream media.
1: No, I had not heard that. And one of the things that's concerning, especially in Florida, with so many out-of-state vacationers, is that one of the key benefits, one of the few benefits actually, of electronic health records is that the pharmacies, the big ones, CVS, Walgreens, etc., have software for negative interactions. So if you've got prescription drug A from Doctor A, and and let's say you get into trouble down here in Florida, and you You have to go into the uh, emergency room or or see a doctor and and the doctor prescribes drug B for you and you hadn't filled out a complete medical history because it was an emergent situation and there's a negative interaction between drug A and drug B. The pharmacy catches that. But if the pharmacy doesn't have access to your health record, there's no way that that's going to be discovered, is there?
3: Certainly not. And to me, this was probably a test run for something bigger. I mean, mm-hmm. the uh, current theory about who's behind this attack is some ransomware gang, but whether it was truly them or a nation state actor behind that doing it directly or through the gang, it doesn't really matter. It was to see how vulnerable the US healthcare infrastructure really is. And the answer is very vulnerable. And it's not just the pharmacies, Tim, to your point everything that happens in a hospital is interconnected i mean there are thousands upon thousands of internet connected devices in each individual hospital each has their own level of security users logging in and out the surface area for an attack is tremendous and all it takes is one weak link i mean that's how security works it doesn't matter how high your wall is in the front if there's no wall in the back so they're finding where these weak links are and they can shut down our healthcare system in the blink of an eye if we're not careful just like our power grids
1: well, exactly. The power grid's the water system, right? We, we have water because we've got electronic uh, electric uh, pumps. And if the electricity's off, there's no water for people and no water purification, et cetera. I know after 9-11, one of the big concerns was that the aqueduct that carried water to Boston was open for much of its length. It wasn't through a pipe as it is into New York City. Uh, and even in New York City, they were worried about the upstate reservoirs. Uh, but in Massachusetts, you could literally drive. The aqueduct was crossed by by bridges and uh, causeways. And you could just drive across. And sure, there was fencing. But you could lob something over the fence with your hand into the water. At it, it, the worst, it would take a slingshot. So people were worried about botulin toxin or some other chemical poisoning being put into the water, and we had to harden that as best we could. It's still massively vulnerable, especially with the advent of commercially available drones that you can just pick up at your local Walmart. One of the things that we have done, I'm afraid, is given people a false sense of security about security. You know, the TSA is a joke of an organization. It, it doesn't stop terror attacks. It just gives people the illusion of security. When I was traveling in Greece 30 years ago, I was actually quite comforted to see soldiers with automatic weapons at the airport. And it was, people said, wasn't that terrifying? I said, like, terrifying. It was comforting. Anything bad happened. We had soldiers on the spot able to neutralize any threat. We're not doing that in our if, airports. If today. Only We're we inconveniencing had... c- citizens. And meanwhile, an illegal alien can just say, yeah, no photo, no photo. And and they get to fly for free wherever, no enhanced security. It's, it's a real danger. What's DHS doing if they're not protecting us?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I shake my head, Tim, because if only we had those soldiers at our southern border. I mean oh. everyone knows the statistics at this point about the <laughs> massive wave of migration i mean it's bigger than i think 30 states in the united states the amount of immigrants yes. who have come to the country the last one years. I, I i
1: i i i'm a stickler on this point i always correct everyone so don't feel singled out they're not migrants they're not immigrants immigration is by definition a legal process these are illegal aliens they're aliens they're not citizens and they're here illegally so they're illegal aliens And they need to be treated as such. Not you know, humanely. They're they're human beings, children of God. We treat them with respect and dignity. But no,
3: out you go. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think this whole rebranding that the Democrats have cleverly done of illegal aliens as asylum seekers is personally criminal. But we need to be thinking about the second and third order effects, not just of how are the Democrats trying to get these people on the voting rolls and how our tax dollars are going to feed and house all these people, but the massive public health crisis that they face in the United States. We're seeing things like measles and polio and leprosy in the United States for the first time in decades. Decades. We thought those diseases were dead, but these people that are streaming across our southern border, they're coming from places that have very substandard health care to begin with. They're traveling thousands of miles together by foot. There is no standards of cleanliness and these diseases are now becoming endemic to certain parts of the united states far away from the border so don't think that you know just because you don't live in a border town in texas that you're safe from this it's something we all need to be thinking about very carefully
1: well if there's one hallmark of the obama and biden policies it's that every state is now a border state obama flew Muslims into all 50 states so that they could get a beachhead and out multiply the local residents and take over just like they have in the United Kingdom. That's not a conspiracy, that's an actual uh, strategy that he employed. And, And Biden is doing the same thing with illegal aliens. You come across the border and not only is it catch and release, but we've got federally funded NGOs, taxpayer funded NGOs that are bringing these people all over the country. And when the state of Texas and the state of Florida Send them to Martha's Vineyard, send them to Kamala Harris's door. There's a big outcry. How come there's no big outcry when they're sent to Kansas and Missouri and Idaho and the Dakotas?
3: Well, I mean, like most things that the Democrats do, it's fine as long as it's not in their backyard. right? Right. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing here. Right. It's it's fine if it's, you know, you know, New York City or, you know, a Republican state like Florida. But. You know god forbid you know some migrants showed up on martha's vineyard
1: exactly i mean don't these people know they're supposed to be out picking our lettuce pete
3: shocking i know and i you know i i really think that until we start taking this seriously and start taking security seriously and and, and by seriously i mean not not like the patriot act turning you know freedom loving americans into domestic terrorists i'm talking about really thinking about. How we're monitoring people in this country that aren't citizens, because that's really part of the problem. I mean, we've seen it with the endemic voter fraud last time around, with the you know, stuffing the ball- ballots with these mail order—I uh, <laughs> don't want to say ballots because I don't even know if I would call them that when you deliver them in giant Tupperware containers in the middle of the night. But let's call it what it is, and. Now we're trying to import the votes from our Southern border. And that's really what it looks like to me. And we really need to stand up for our constitutional rights here and protect the ballots this year.
1: We absolutely do. And that's been the Democrats strategy since 1966 with Ted Kennedy's first immigration bill. And, you know, before people take my most recent statement out of context, when I was referring to, don't they know that they're supposed to be picking our lettuce? That is a direct quote from the Democrats. It's like, well, somebody's got to pick the lettuce. It's just unbelievable, the arrogance and the entitlement that these people have. It, it amazes me that anyone takes them seriously. You're listening to The Reckoning, where we're lighting the fuse for freedom on today's news talk, TNT.
0: Here's the news, TNT Radio News.
1: For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Senator Mitch McConnell announced he will step down as Senate GOP leader in November concluding a historic 17-year leadership tenure. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp has expressed concerns over the political nature of the Fulton County District Attorney's case against former President Donald Trump and co-defendants. Maria Zakharova, the spokeswoman for the Russian foreign ministry, criticized the situation facing Ukrainian forces on the front line as monstrous and catastrophic.
2: On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to
0: date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. Peter, one of the things that shocked everyone and surprised no one was that they already have a vaccine for disease X. Even though we don't know what disease X is yet, or if there even is a disease X, but the WHO has been warning about disease X, and so has the World Economic Forum for a couple of months now. But I I saw last week that those dire warnings of when, not if, actually started filtering into mainstream conservative outlets like Fox News. How real is the threat? Is there a disease X out there in the offing ready to
3: strike us down? Uh, 100%. And I'm not here to fear monger, but 100% is the answer to that question. And I know that's 100% because if I look back three years, the WF said themselves that the COVID-19 pandemic was the most profitable event in human history. I mean, let that sink in. They're looking at something that resulted in, you know, thousands and thousands of deaths around the world, needless deaths, no, no less, as the most profitable event in human history, like that's something to celebrate. So it should be no surprise to Americans that, of course, these globalists want to do it again, and they will want to promote another disease and scare us into masking up and locking down and social distancing from one another, because it is a your play on power and it's a play on money. And I encourage everyone to take the long view, Tim. I mean, look, how many diseases have we gone through over the past 20 years? Bird flu, swine flu, monkey pox, you name it, right? We all made it just fine. Uh, And so I would not be surprised if they tried to do another fancy branded disease like this with a fancy branded vaccine that turns out to be more harmful than it is good uh, in order to extract more money and less freedoms from people around the world, not just here in the United States.
1: Well, sure. And that's absolutely what it's all about. Always has been. I continually say if your prescription can be refilled, it's not a cure. And that's the business strategy of these big pharma companies to get you on a drug, for life. And then that drug is going to have side effects. So now you need to take more of their drugs in order to combat the side effects. And and it's just an endless uh, money-making proposition. I have a friend who has a daughter with severe autism who COVID actually woke up and she realized maybe my daughter doesn't need to be on all of these medications. And so she researched how to titrate down, how to wean back, wean her daughter off of those in a responsible fashion. And her daughter's now on a half to quarter of the dosages of drugs she was taking, a couple others have been completely eliminated because they were prescribed for things like seizures that her daughter doesn't suffer from. And her doctors, uh, don't know that she's done this because they're still continuing to write script after script after script. Are doctors in them on the whole, a uh, wholly captured marketing agents for big pharma? We know that they only do what the insurance companies tell them to do now. They no longer practice medicine. They're just trained monkeys that follow a computer generated algorithm. Are they also drug reps?
3: I'm afraid so. I mean, the doctor, the business of being a doctor now has become one of enslavement. I mean, think about it. If you want to become a doctor in America today, you're looking at up to a half million dollars of debt, enough to buy a very fancy house. And the only way to pay that off and be able to buy a house someday is to go to work in one of these hospital systems. The only way to work in one of these hospital systems is to follow the protocol. So it's no wonder that when you go to a hospital nowadays, you're treated like a number on a screen that receives a pre-approved stamped out treatment for a disease with really no patient doctor care interaction. I mean, that used to be sacred. That used to be at the center of medicine, that patient doctor relationship with the doctor and the patient collaboratively described what was best for that patient's life and their needs. That's gone out the window now. We see as to your point, these commercials on TV advertising drugs with the last thirty seconds of the commercial are the side effects. I mean, it is crazy. We've gone way off the deep end with overprescribing because it's wildly profitable, and we've seen the drug industries collaborate with the insurance companies to continue to raise rates on even life-saving medications like simple epipens, which now can cost you know north of thousand dollars for a two pack. It's it's a, truly a crime and something that we really need to be thinking about come this November.
1: Well, absolutely. People need to start voting. <laughs> I'll leave that sentence there. People need to start voting. Our voter turnout uh, is abysmal, and we're one of only two countries along with New Zealand that prohibit that permit big pharma from advertising on television and radio. That came in in the Clinton administration, and that needs to end. The other thing that needs to end is the 1986 act that shielded big pharma from liability for vaccine injuries
3: the vaccine scene in america is a travesty do you know how many vaccines are on the childhood vaccine schedule it's north of 72 yeah 72 doses now isn't it correct under the age of three right And we wonder why we've seen skyrocketing autism rates in the united states and also even the more we'll call it benign things like nut allergies. Many vaccines are incubated in a uh, amino acid that's produced by peanuts and very similar to the ones in many nuts. That's uh-huh. caused a skyrocketing in nut allergies as people react to these things when they're children. And no one has ever really stopped to question, hey, is this really necessary? I don't know about you, Tim, but when I was a child and the kid down the street got chicken pox, my mom made me go play with him because she wanted oh, me to Tom Yeah, we went. Yeah.
1: But my, yeah, my, my brother and sister and I all had to go over to the Andersons to play for an afternoon to make sure that we got him. You had chicken pox parties. Everybody did it. And that's called natural immunity. And that gave us immunity for life. Now, are we also susceptible to shingles? Of course, because that virus lives in our, our nerves. It can reemerge. And is it painful? Yes, absolutely. But guess what? I know a lot more people that have had shingles because they got the shingles vaccines than unvaccinated people that have actually developed shingles and i'm somebody i had a case of the chicken pox i wouldn't wish on my worst enemy so shingles definitely wouldn't be fun for me and you could not pay me enough and certainly not a donut and a burger or a lottery ticket to get me to take that shingles vaccine i
3: completely agree and look at the wellness company we're not anti-vax we're just pro science and the science is very clear on what the childhood vaccine schedule and the COVID jabs, because I won't go call them a vaccine because they are nothing like any vaccine that's ever been on the market. Hey, they before, literally had to change
1: about. the, yeah, they literally had to change the definition of vaccine to get those modified <laughs> RNA injections deemed to be vaccines. So if you've got to change the name or definition of something in order to call, you know, a, something a vaccine, it, it's not a vaccine.
3: Yeah, so I would really caution all parents, and I mean, I have a six-year-old daughter. I've I've been there. I know it's hard to push back against the family GP that you've seen for 20 years, but I really would encourage all parents, do your research. There is tons of evidence and literature out there today that can paint a very clear picture of the risks of vaccines at kind of all childhood ages up to age 18. I mean, we see vaccine injuries also from the HPV vaccine, which they pushed hard on college campuses, about a decade ago it had a ton of vaccine injuries associated with it do your research before you make any of these decisions because it's not worth getting it wrong it's not and this isn't anything new a lot of people that got polio
1: got it from the original polio vaccine
3: yeah a hundred percent and we just need to be much more careful and diligent about what we're putting in our bodies because we only get one and i think to your other point about changing the vaccine um definition i mean we were talking the other day about the vars system i don't know if you're let's aware talk about of that, that after
1: these headlines yeah. oh i know all about vars it's uh yeah that's part of that 86 act that we need to change you're listening to the reckoning on today's news talk tnt give me a minute with tnt radio's steve Malsberg. if you tuned into one of the three major cable networks on saturday night at 7 p.m when the polls closed in south carolina to see how long it would take for donald trump to be declared the winner Well, let's just say you better have been on time the polls have now closed at 7 pm we are waiting to see whether we will have a call in one direction or another or a too early to call that has been the case in a few of the contests we've had and as you can see there and i'm learning this as i see it on your screen myself we do have a call we have projected a winner at polls closing that was msnbc cnn was even faster in calling the race. polling places are about to close in South Carolina. Five seconds left in the GOP presidential primary fight between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. And right now, we can make a major projection. CNN projects that Donald Trump will win the South Carolina Republican primary, defeating former South Carolina governor Nikki Haley in her home state. And Fox News was just as quick. It is
0: 7 p.m. here on the East Coast and the polls are officially closed in the state of South Carolina. Good evening, I'm Brett Baer,
2: And good evening everybody, I'm Martha McCallum live here at Fox News headquarters
1: in New York for our special coverage of the South Carolina Republican primary. And the Fox News decision desk can now project that former President Donald Trump will win the state's GOP primary. Yes, all in all, good night for Trump, very bad night for Nikki Haley in her own home state. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I
0: made an assistant to help you out because
1: only you can
3: prevent wildfires.
1: Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. (laughs) Do you get it?
3: Yes. Good job.
1: So, what should I do with all these coals?
3: Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny.
0: This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: Pete, hey, you mentioned the VARS system, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System that was created by the 1986 Act that gave Big Pharma its legal protections against liability. They pay into a fund that's administered by the government that doesn't seem to ever pay out, Uh, but the VAR system has been overwhelmed with reports from people injured by the mod RNA injections, hasn't it?
3: Uh, That's the understatement of the year, Timothy. I mean, we had more reports in the VAR system for the COVID jabs than almost any other vaccine ever and combined, right? I mean, it was, I think 10 million was around the final number before they stopped collecting data in the VARS system sort of abruptly. And we can question why they did that last June. But 10 million people were injured by the vaccine and knew enough that the VARS system existed and went and took the time to actually report it. If you think about the other people who didn't even know that the VARS system was in existence and got injured, you know, that number must be astronomically higher. But Sadly, out of those 10 million, almost 8% of them reported symptoms so severe that they required hospitalization or missing work. I mean, this vaccine has been just a, let's put it this way, it is the the lobotomy of the 21st century. And I think that's what's going to go down in the history books as.
1: Oh, I think that history is not going to be kind to uh, Varick, Fauci, Burks, anyone associated with this debacle. It's been anti-science just the whole notion that we're moving at the speed of science it's like well guess what i'm a scientist by training i'm a biologist and science is very slow methodical careful we look at data we eliminate all variables but one and, and do studies we do longitudinal studies we take our time we make sure we get it right and look what happens every time we go at the speed of science and we prescribe des to women diethylstilbestrol to women that are experiencing morning sickness. And then it turns out that their daughters have an increased risk of ovarian cancer. We, we give thalidomide to pregnant women and their children come out without limbs. When science screws up, it screws up bigly, and it's not wise to fool mother nature. Doing it with genetic material is
3: terrifying. We've known forever that it's not, not smart to play God, Timothy. Right. But the pharmaceutical industry seems to do it over and over and over again, and and I'm afraid well, that they're going to do so with these shots.
1: It's, sure, of course they are, and and that really is the is the issue here. We're in a spiritual battle that's just being played out in the physical plane, but these transhumanists these globalists are really no different from Lucifer and trying to gain equality with God we're not God just because we can do something scientifically it doesn't mean that we should we, you know we figured out in terms of, of of scientific knowledge we're like a five-year-old that grabbed the keys and knew enough to put the keys in the ignition and knows that you need to turn the key turn the car on uh, but can't reach the pedals and doesn't know how to drive and horrible things can happen with a five-year-old behind the wheel and and really that's where we are scientifically we're driving blind we have no idea what we're doing what mistakes could result from or what what tragedies could result from the mistakes that we make and we're right now playing with the very stuff of life with genetic material this could be an extinction-level event for humanity. One of the things that concerns me, though, as you mentioned, big pharma, we've talked about big data now. Uh, what are the issues of big data and the aggregation of medical and personal information on a large scale for corporate gain that are often unappreciated by consumers and patients?
3: Yeah, it's it's a massive issue that that no one... I think really kind of grasp the scale of um, now, you know, we all laugh at, you know, the Google Gemini project last week that, you know, apparently didn't know what a white person was, but you know, they're aggregating data on a massive, massive scale down to the very genetic level of human beings. And that could allow them to make some terrifying products that we can't even conceive yet, Timothy. And that's really what's, what's so shocking is that there are ways that you can push uh, genetic changes through people's bodies over time, through you know things like simply mosquitoes or other kind of blood-borne pathogens that we experience every day as part of being a person that could drive long-lasting impacts to the human genome. It's really like Prometheus playing with fire, and we need to be extremely careful about how we're actually approaching genetic modifications within the human species. And by the way, the food supply as well. I predict that within the next Five to 10 years a non-vaccinated um, status is going to be put on all of our foods just like you find non-gmo and organic today because there are ways and we've seen scary things coming out of even california about being able to inject you know mrna into lettuce and having that you know transfer into hosts it, it it's terrifying and we really need to be careful about what we're allowing these big corporations to do to experiment on people because they could Easily turn into a weapon.
1: And we do have to be worried about it. And I am, I was out in April of 2020 warning about these injections because I understand genetic, you know, molecular biology. I understand how genetic material works. How there's something called reverse transcriptase that can take uh the mRNA and, and retranscribe it back into DNA. And, uh, it, we could have formed plasmids, which data are now coming in, showing that there are plasmids rings of DNA in the cellular cytoplasm that are being formed by these injections. It is terrifying. Uh, one of the things that, uh, a lot of people have wondered about is the relationship between the wellness company, big pharma in big tech. You're an online wellness provider you collect people's health information, you've got their, their medical information, you've got their financial information, their credit cards, you're using a big tech platform. Should people be concerned?
3: We spend a lot of time engineering our solutions to And We really believe that we need a parallel economy. And I think, you know, just like yourself in the media, right, we need parallel media systems, we need parallel healthcare systems. So, our medical records that we keep are ours. They live on our servers. They're not on some you know far flung uh, big insurance company database or anything like that. We are cash pay only. We don't accept any insurance. We don't share any information with insurance companies or third parties. It all lives within our own systems, and we're very clear with that in our terms of service. That you know we don't share our data. Your data is yours. If you would like to take it, you can take it. If you would like it to you know be deleted once you leave we'll delete it once you leave. But we only use the minimum amount of data necessary to manage patient records and prescribe life-saving products. We don't do any of these chronic medications that we see commercials for. That's not our business. We're into things like Ivermectin and the medications that every American should have on hand within their medicine cabinet. The next time there's a big pandemic or a scare coming around right next to your bottle of Tylenol. That's what we're about at The Wellness Company
1: and uh, you know your affiliate i had foster colson on a few weeks back and foster's the founder of the wellness company we've also had many of your doctors on and hope to have them and others back they provided us with invaluable medical advice and not advice but uh information and insight Uh, dr peter mccullough dr boyamakis and others but a lot of people are concerned about the relationship of the wellness company and Vigilant News Network and Vigilant Fox. It, it, is it something that uh, bears closer scrutiny?
3: No, it's, it's absolutely not. So you met Foster Coulson. He's an entrepreneur at heart. So he has started a litany of companies through his career and has done tremendously well at starting vigilant news is just another news platform that he started independently of the wellness company there's no you know financial uh equity relationship between either two either companies that um, biases or uh affects any editorial decisions that would go on in a company like vigilant news uh, they simply report the news and, and foster has built a online platform for Vigilant News to host video and editorial articles about whatever topics that Vigilant Fox and his team of editors choose to feature.
1: Can you tell us a little bit more about VNN and its programming?
3: Yeah, so VNN started as an editorial website. So um, it was originally uh, just meant as kind of a long form blog posting and um wellness company was happy to kind of sponsor some of the launch and we have sponsored articles that you know we ran on vigilant news and had some tremendous success running uh since uh, vigilant news has offered a number of daytime programs so uh, they have a morning show that they offer as well as a evening show that they have uh co-authored with the gateway pundit which i'm sure many of the listeners Mm -hmm. are familiar with and uh i expect them to probably do more shows in the future though i can't really you know comments on on the day-to-day operations because I simply don't know
1: okay so there are there is a relationship though between the wellness company and VNN you're sponsoring uh pieces on VNN
3: yeah, we, we we advertise with VNN just like we advertise with, with many other uh news and blog outlets yep sure sure and what what's your view
1: on alternative media as a whole
3: I think it's critical, I really do. And I I mentioned the parallel economy a few moments ago. I think having uh, these parallel systems, whether it's everything from healthcare, like the wellness companies offering to uh, alternative media that's not gonna be influenced or censored or biased by big corporations, or even alternative financing. I mean, we need banks, we need other systems that can help underpin. I mean, we've seen PayPal, for instance, uh, de-platform people who they don't like just because they express views that you know some blue-haired person at paypal disagrees with we need to have a slew of systems that can operate independently from these legacy institutions that are clearly biased to one way of thinking and one political mindset
1: you know it's funny isn't it we used to laugh at blue hairs because they were the old ladies that used to get the the rinse to make their gray hair look silver and it ended up giving it a bluish tinge in fact (laughs) God love her we used to call our school nurse Betty blue hair uh blue hair has come to mean something entirely different in the 21st century hasn't it
3: yeah it it really has and not in a good way right exactly
1: so one of the things we're concerned about though is the the capture of alternative media there are a lot of people that have proven to be grifters they've been uh, captured agents infiltrators if you will in social media. They say all the right things that uh, they think conservatives say and, and believe, and they, they gather a, a big audience. And then it, it turns out that you know they've been grifting. They, they turn out to have a leftist or even an anarchist past in, in a couple of instances. And trust is at an all-time low. People don't know who they can trust or whether they should even trust anybody. So what is the wellness company doing to, to combat that level of distrust, particularly, uh, the distrust that now exists between doctors and patients.
3: Yeah, you know, it's, it's really sad, the fracturing, Timothy, that we've seen over the past few years, right. And to your point, like, I I know that there's people online that, you know, are, um, you know, think that there's always something nefarious, because look, let's be honest, you know, there's things that 10 years ago, Timothy, that you and I probably would have laughed at as a conspiracy. That have come true probably a lot of them
1: well actually i was the one people called a conspiracy theorist and was told i was an idiot (laughs) and i just said okay time will tell (laughs) time let's just let's just say i haven't had to issue too many
3: apologies (laughs) Fair, fair enough but i think my point is that you know we all have our head on a swivel now because so many of us have been burned frankly right um, but I'm really a true believer that we need to band together. And, and look, there's always going to be you know, bad apples that are going to buck the trend, but actions speak louder than words, right? And I'm super mm-hmm. proud that the wellness company has been able to support so many conservative voices out there and help them grow their audience, grow their voice. Uh, it's it's going to take a team effort to grow. And if we're uh, so concerned with you know, tearing everyone down all the time, we're not going to have this alternative system that we all want we're all just going to attack each other which is really what the liberals want right they want us to be fractured they want us to look at each other with suspicion they don't want us all to come together and say look we don't need your legacy institutions we're going to build our own we're going to build them better so that's really yeah, what fact, we're doing at the Wellis company
1: and, and there's another one of my bugbears. i don't call them liberals these people aren't liberals they're they're the most illiberal people that the planet has ever known I actually have no problem with liberals. You know, Bobby Kennedy Jr. is a liberal. He's an old school liberal Democrat. And he's someone who is pragmatic with whom he can do business. Do I agree with him on most issues? No, but there is significant overlap. He's dead right on the vaccines. He's dead right on uh, a lot of other issues. He's a little off base on the climate change, but he's got a very pragmatic business oriented approach to maintaining a clean environment he's got a lot of good ideas i have no problem with liberals but these hardcore leftists these i call them proglodytes right they're they're progressive cavemen and cave (laughs) women they uh they are a real danger literally now with this mod rna technology to humanity
3: Uh, yeah truly and and i completely agree so to to answer your question about the patients right you know the liberals want to just turn people into a number they want to define you by your race and your sex and what gender you may or may not identify as a day or these you know leftist troglobites as you call them which which I think is a pretty funny term that I'll probably start using a little more but you know for us at the wellness company we're about empowering the patients At, at this point you can't trust the legacy medical institution. So we want to give people the knowledge to make their own decisions about their health and wellness. We saw what happened with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine during the the, Mm -hmm. uh, COVID pandemic. We saw how people were demonized and how the FDA still to this day, Timothy, has that page up on their website saying, stop taking horse dewormer, y'all, and has a picture of a horse to try to demonize ivermectin.
1: And I think that everybody that called Ivermectin horse paste needs to be horse whipped. Everybody on social media, everybody at FDA, everybody that ever uttered the words it's horse paste needs to be taken out and horse whipped.
3: I completely agree. And what we want to do at The Wellness Company is offer these solutions to people in a safe way and give people the education that they can use to make their own decisions about their medical future. And we wanna be unbiased, we wanna be science-driven, and we wanna empower the patients and give them access. Because by the way, you still can't go to CVS or Walgreens and get something like ivermectin.
1: Right, well, Peter, we're gonna to have to leave it there. Thank you for a, a great interview. That's it for tonight's Reckoning on today's News Talk TNT. Stay tuned for the Moirier-Moore Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.